We now return to our Bringing Light into Darkness special two-part series with Matthew Ho on Afghanistan and U.S. foreign policy. Enjoy. Let me ask you something just real quick, because you have touched on a couple of places I wanted to go with you today. Number one, in that article, the Afghan paper article by Whitlock, there's an analogy that this guy Kalinda employed. Yeah, uh, Chris, uh, Chris Kalinda, he was an army officer, and now, yeah, he's a national security Thank you. person. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for helping yep. me on that. Anyhow, he says, quote, I like to use a cancer analogy, and he's talking to that kleptocracy that you referred to that I don't think folks really appreciate. Kalindas told government uh, interviewers, you know, during this article, he says, quote, a petty corruption is like skin cancer. There are ways to deal with that, and you'll probably just be fine. And then there's a corruption with the ministry's higher level is like colon cancer, he said. It's worse, but if you catch it in time, you're probably okay. And kleptocracy, however, is like brain cancer. It is fatal. By allowing corruption to fester, U.S. officials told interviewers that they helped destroy the popular legitimacy of the wobbly Afghan government that they were fighting to prop up. While judges and police chiefs and bureaucrats were extorting bribes, many Afghans soured on democracy and led themselves to turn to the Taliban to enforce order, just as you've indicated. So... Mm -hmm. That was one thing I wanted you to elaborate on. The other one was when you mentioned the problem with the opium issue, the opium at some point was pretty much reduced. And now, according to the information that I have, it's like over 80% of the world's opium is coming from Afghan again under this U.S. tutelage. In a December 13, 2019 piece by Darius Shatab Masibi entitled What Everyone is Missing About the Afghan Papers, he indicates, quote, the fact that before the U.S. invasion, the Taliban had almost completely put to bed Afghans' illicit opium trade. Since the U.S. invasion, combined with $9 billion in U.S. funding for anti-opium programs, the Taliban is not only stronger than it ever was, but sits cemented in a country that now supplies 80% of the world's opium. So can you speak a little bit about, there's been a long history of the CIA in the U.S. enabling drug trafficking under the guise of just ignoring it and actually using monies many times to finance other campaigns that they can't get funding for through the U.S. Congress and such. But can you talk a little bit about the opium trade? I think it's something that's not been really well addressed at all by our media, and that history is, is important. Yeah, and, you know, let's go back to that Jake Tapper conversation because I think we can use that to jump off into this. You know, I, I don't expect Jake Tapper or any you know, American news anchor or British news anchor or South Korean news anchor or whoever to have all the knowledge at their fingertips. You never know what a guest is going to say. And I understand that news anchors cover a wide variety of topics. Like during that show, Jake Tapper might have talked about COVID, the Afghan war, a political issue in some state, and Kim Kardashian. Right. I mean, like, mm -hmm. so then, like, right. So, but the thing is about who else they put on the show. They never or they rarely have people who would counter a guy like that member of Congress who would say, you know what, actually, that's not true. In terms of like when, when that member of Congress is saying how much the United States has done for Afghanistan, building schools and everything, and, you know, health care centers or, or whatever he was implying or talking about. Well, you know, I mean, we've had a special inspector general for Afghan reconstruction since 2009. 
The first man was Arnie Field, and since 2012, it's been a guy called John Sopko, who has just done incredibly heroic and patriotic work. And, and I, ver- I rarely ever use the word patriotic, but I think John Sopko and the people at, at the Special Inspector General's Office for Afghan Reconstruction are true patriots. They have done everything they can to hold people accountable and to tell the truth about these wars. Mm-hmm. But with regard to this notion that we did all these great things for the Afghans, well, you know, Sopko and his people have gone to Afghanistan. They're there all the time. People, some of them were stationed there. And they've gone out looking for these schools and these health care centers and these courthouses and town halls and all these other things that the United States supposedly built over there. And what they have found is that between 75 and 90 percent of the things that the United States claims to have built in Afghanistan either don't exist have been destroyed or fallen down or were never built. 75 to 90 percent of those buildings. So when you hear a member of Congress talking about how he sent all these kids to school or whatever they're saying, it's just not true. And other things, I mean, like the number of, of kids who have gone to school. 2015, the Afghan government itself said, oh, these numbers are made up. You know, all the, all the things we heard about millions of kids going to school, millions of school, uh, girls going to school, that was all made up. Yes, some kids did go to school. But it wasn't the millions and millions of children that we claimed. For years, the U.S. government was saying that life expectancy had jumped in Afghanistan by some incredible amount. And no, it was just not true. They were just lying about it. They literally just lying about it. You know, so it's that kind of thing. So when you don't have someone on the program to offer a counter, you know, to, to, to say, wait a minute, that's not what happened, then, you know, it, that, that messaging... That narrative continues, and when you know everyone knows, you, you tell a lie long enough, it becomes the truth. I mean, yeah. Excuse me. I think also to your point, and I think that's a really fair point that you bring up. If I'm doing an interview with someone, and they bring up a statistic that I'm not cognizant of, what I would do, and this is what does not happen on CNN, is I don't expect Jake Tapper to know all this stuff and call it out immediately, but. Go do your homework after the interview and say, okay, we presented these inferences and these facts and images about this subject, and this is what was said. Is it really leading people towards an honest understanding, or is it misleading in any way? That's what I did. I checked all this stuff out. I mean, I already knew that it was a misleading thing. Whether or not this Lieutenant Marine or whatever his name was that I mentioned earlier, I'm not saying he intentionally is misleading that's not even important. What he is doing, though, is misleading the imaging. And then it's not yes. a, at a later show is when you would come back and say, you know what, we had this person on and he said this, this and that. And while that is true, you know, a, a better understanding would be this, this and this, you know, that type of thing. That is what journalism should be. And it just isn't. Uh, oh, uh, I could we could be here all day with, you know, I've been on the media now for 12 years, and especially just on this issue of Afghanistan, and the number of times I have tried to correct things in, in, in no response, you know, and then seeing that same media outlet publish the thing, things over again. I, would, I, had a, I had a big thing, yeah. I would guess that right now you're not on the major networks like you were years ago in 2009 when you resigned. That narrative that you put forth... I studied what you said last week, and it was uh, it was all very accurate, and that's just counter to what we're getting as this this image making. Just real quick, I wanted to mention on this deceit. I want to stay here with you on this because you have such a long history of media appearances. 
But unlike the Pentagon Papers, none of the lessons learned documents were originally classified as a government secret. And I'm talking again about the Afghan Papers. Mm-hmm. Uh, once the Post pushed to make their Afghan Papers public, however, other federal uh, agencies intervened and classified material after the fact. In other words, our government operates not from a perspective of just classifying what needs to be classified, but they have a tendency to classify what embarrasses their narrative. This is yet another tool in their toolbox of deception tools to deceive the American public from ever understanding what our policies affect in the countries we're in, as well as hide and camouflage the misstatements and misrepresentations that have been presented to the American public over the years of our history. We are masters of this propaganda that we claim most all of our adversaries are guilty of. I don't say this flippantly. We have provided dozens of examples of this very fact over the many years of this show. Mm-hmm. That, that's an important element. Also, in the Washington Post, Craig Whitlock, 2019 December article, they talk about President Obama in a speech to the U.S. military at West Point. This was said in 2004, December 1st, quote, the days of providing a blank check are over. It must be clear that Afghans will have to take responsibility for their security. So the image making is, okay, we're taking care of this, but the reality was something much, much different. Also, the Joint Chief of Staff, Army Lieutenant General Mark Milley, he praised the Afghan security forces during a, a press briefing from Kabul. This was back in 2013, September 14th. And he was, at that time, I think he was the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff as of 2019 under Trump. But he, too, was saying this army and police force have been very effective in combat against the insurgent every single day. And I think that's an important story to be told across the board. So here you got a guy that was Trump's chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and is Biden's Joint Chiefs of Staff that, that just spoke yesterday. These are the people that have been misleading us and continue to mislead us. So with that documentation of, the, of, of President Obama and all of these folks, whatever their intentions are, at the end of the day, what they assured the American public was absolute garbage compared to the truth. Can you elaborate on where and how do we get information if people listening to this show want to continue to educate themselves here? Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's just not me who is, is shut out. There, there are many other people who are like me, who, who, you know, guys like Daniel Davis or Danny Surgisson. You know, Danny Davis, uh, for people who aren't familiar with him, he went to the Congress in 2012. He, he had been in the first Gulf War with the Army. He had been in the Iraq War twice. He had been in the Afghan War twice. And those wars broke him morally and intellectually in many ways, just as they did me. But in 2012, Danny goes to Congress with classified, he writes up a whole classified book, basically, using all data, the classified data, the documents, all kinds of things to show the members of Congress that the generals are lying about this war. Repeat his name. Uh, Danny Davis. Okay, thanks. Um, and so Danny, um, and so Danny goes to Congress with, with this information. I mean, undeniable information. Look, this is what the information says, and this is what the generals told you. Yeah, I mean, and out of 535 members of Congress, I think only six or seven of them ever took the time to listen to what he said or read what he said. Mm-hmm. And, and in particular, as we saw this past 
couple of months, the Afghan security forces collapsed, which all these generals were saying were, we're on the right track with them, we're building them up, they're right. going to be able to win, right? I mean, in 2012, Danny was showing that they're lying about this, and he was saying this what's going to happen. It, and he is not on any programs. Danny works now for a, a think tank in D.C. called Defense Priorities that is pretty well funded. So they have the media office there that pitches, that calls producers, that has contacts. So it's not as if you're talking about the people on the Jake uh, Tapper show just don't know about Danny Davis or Danny Surgeon or Ann Wright or Phyllis Bennis. Most of the people in in, in the anti-war community now who do this, you know, on the media level, we have, it, it costs money, but we're able to raise the money for it to have producers and bookers to try to, to people to pitch us to get us onto these programs. And we just cannot get onto the corporate American news, no matter who we are. And, and many of us have incredible pedigrees for it, mm-hmm. bona fides of it, right? As well as, too, unlike so many of the people who are on the CNN, MSNBC, quoted in the Washington Post, etc., We've been correct about this war, and also we have not lied about it. I mean, how many times does Jake Tapper have on politicians or retired generals who have lied to him before, directly or lied by omission? And, you know, I mean, this congressman who was on, the the fact that he just repeated these talking points about how great things were in Afghanistan, things that are easily disproved, you know, right now one of the main ones is women in Afghanistan. And, yes, it's a very serious issue. Of course, I'm very concerned about women under the Taliban, but I've also been very concerned about women under the warlord government that the U.S. have been supporting. Mm-hmm. Under that government, just so people get some idea of what I'm talking about here, because people don't know this, under the, the, the government of Ashraf Ghani and Hamid Karzai, as many as four out of five Afghan women were forcibly married, mm-hmm. many of them child brides. If you're an Afghan man, you can legally rape your wife. In Afghan prisons, the women in Afghan prisons, the majority of women who are in Afghan prisons are in Afghan prisons for moral crime. What do moral crimes mean? If you are a woman and you are raped, you get put in prison. That is the Afghan government that the United States has been supporting for these last 20 years. And supporting is too weak of a word. Keeping in power 20 years. The literacy rates, too. I mean, we said they were 43%, but actually they're 55% for men and just 29.8% for the women of Afghanistan, according to the CIA fact book well, of 2018. Really, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would be really suspect about that number. I think that number is probably too high. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, no, I mean, so just even the counters of that, because I know we do this, we contact these organizations and we say, look, that wasn't correct, that wasn't right, and no response. I mean, again, I, could, I can go into long stories about this. Right. You know, and then the opposite happens. This has always happened to me. I was just talking to a friend of mine. He used a guy named Pete Dominic. He used to have a show on CNN. He now hosts a podcast. He's very happy because he's free to do it as he wants. You know, he, he, of course, he, would, he, would, would he want to have the audience that CNN has? Of course. But, you know, he, he doesn't have to deal with the ratings-based priorities of CNN, CNN's relationships with banks, fossil fuel companies, defense companies, uh, the access journalism of, oh, we don't want to accept these people because then they won't come on our show, that kind of thing. But I mean, once I'm going on with Pete on a show in, in CNN in 2010, and he gets told by his producer, 
you have to have someone else on besides Matthew Ho because he's biased and not neutral. Right. And so Pete says, okay. And the person that the producer puts on the show is a guy named Michael Hanlon, who works for the Brookings Institute, who very clearly has personal relationships with people like General Petraeus, who has been wrong about not just the Afghan wars, but all the wrongs, demonstrably wrong. I mean, writing things in 2004, 2005, 2006, always saying how we're on the right track, things are going to get better, right? And then most importantly, his organization, the Brookings Institute, takes millions of dollars from the Pentagon, from the State Department, from the intelligence community, from the fossil fuel companies, from the defense corporations, etc. So this was, according to CNN, the neutral person who was supposed to, you know, balance what I was saying, right? right I mean, so right. I have no problem. I used to do, believe it or not, if people know Tom Cotton, reactionary senator from right. Arkansas. Right. And um, I used to appear with Tom in 2009, 2010, quite a bit to talk about the Afghan war. I have no problem with people coming on because the, the producers and the show want to have two different opinions. But when it's a situation where they are putting someone on who is so obviously uh, a part of the war effort, and it's not made clear either. That's the other thing is so well, many as people are put on, and they're represented as experts and, and, and knowledgeable um, and portrayed as neutral. It's like whenever you see these retired generals on. The revolving door from, from yeah, defense. Yeah, exactly. And defense. you never see in the Chiron, it never says that, this guy now also works for Raytheon. You know, well, they just right. have him that he's a retired general. Well, that's the point, is that, you know, you're on one in a million shows, and you have to have a guy like Hanlon on there when you're on there. But when Hanlon's on there by himself, which is the overwhelming kind of point of view that you get, there is no counter deal. Hey, last that's thing, right. we, we have just a couple of minutes left, and I wanted to ask you to comment on one other deal. I think in that same article, again, that, 2019, December 9th, Craig Whitlock at War with the Truth article by the Washington Post. He says, quote, a person identified as a senior national security official said there was constant pressure from the Obama White House and Pentagon to produce figures to show the troop surge of 2009 to 2011 was working despite hard evidence to the contrary. At the same time, in a different article, this guy, Steve Warren, he's a longtime Pentagon spokesman, and he said one of the guiding principles is to keep the American people on our side at all times. Don't let the American people think we failed. Don't let them think that no matter what. I mean, it's just an admission to mislead the American public that we've been talking about over the last two shows. If you can maybe speak to that, but lastly, there were stories that Ghani, uh, we know he's corrupt, but that he was actually carrying monies out of the country and then he denied it from, I think, Qatar. They finally found where he went to. And do you have any knowledge about or insights into that type of looting of an economy that generally goes on? And then lastly, mm -hmm. I think your point is really well taken. If you look at Afghanistan, this is what they want you to do is look at Afghanistan all by itself. And then you want to decide what's up and what's down. If you look at Iraq, if you look at Libya, if you look at all of these interventions by the West, you see the same Vietnam, you see the same pattern of long deceit. This is not an aberration. This is the propaganda side of these unjust wars and unjust 
interventions that our media are complicitly in bed with our government officials on, leading to the near total ignorance of the American public of many of the things that we have documented and have been talking about today and last week. That's what also needs to be brought out. And, I, and I'm sorry, I just got another minute and a half left here, but please sum up your, your feelings of what's most important. I want to remind people we're speaking with the distinguished journalist, former Marine, former State Department employee, Matt Ho. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, I think just to focus on the looting aspect, a lot of the looting was from the U.S. Treasury or from the European central banks, the money that was appropriated to build Afghanistan. Because remember, in 2001, Afghanistan was destroyed. It's even more destroyed now, but it was destroyed. There really was not much to loot. Yeah, they've got minerals, they've got some other resources, but that has not occurred. I mean, the looting really came out of the U.S. Treasury where American corporations just basically pocketed tens and tens of billions of dollars. In the same vein, the Afghan corruption, um, that you could, more, I guess, more rightly or justly describe that as theft from their people because the money had arrived in Afghanistan, and rather than it going to whatever it was purpose for in terms of, say, building a school or something like that, it was pocketed by our allies in Afghanistan, by these warlords, by these drug lords by people like Ashraf Ghani. So there were two tiers of the looting, you know, first the American corporations, and as well, too, you can describe what the American government institutions did as looting as well, because this was just as the corporations saw these wars as a hog trough for them, you know, a way to get fat, so did America's uh, government institutions. I mean, nothing like a war to uh, increase your budget, increase your staff, give you more resources, give you more power, basically. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you have that two-tiered thing. And then, of course, the corruption in Afghanistan, which would not be possible without the corruption in the United States. A lot of people just want to blame the Afghans for the corruption, but that was a corruption that was not only enabled, but completely constructed by the Americans. So, yeah, I mean, the looting, and that gets back to what we are really originally talking about in terms of extraction of wealth as part of the empire. Uh, I don't believe that. That that was not the primary purpose of the war in Afghanistan, but it certainly was a very nice side benefit of it, right? And now, again, you can make the argument that, say, a war like Iraq was about the economic interests. But a war like Syria, hard to make that. But again, the ancillary benefits is that a lot of people make money. You know, one of my favorite sayings, a friend of mine, Mike Ferner, says this, is that even losing wars make money. Probably a good way to end it. Yeah, I I think, Matt, that's a great point, that losing wars from a profiteering perspective is better than having no wars at all. Also, making sure that good examples of governance are not allowed to, you know, develop on their own. Denying or destroying alternative political economic models, too, is another of those moving parts that foreign policy is focused on as one of its motives. Thank you so much for, for your insights. I think the only way the world will be safe from the types of things that we're talking about is if the American public becomes knowledgeable of them. Thank you for the education towards that goal. Oh, thank you so much. We've had the great honor and privilege of visiting with Senior Fellow with the Center for International Policy since 2010. That would be Matthew Ho and, and a veteran and Thank you for your service, particularly since you left the service, and equally why you were in the service, and to everyone that's been touched by these wars that the American public refuses to demand knowledge and, and fundamental 
understandings of it. So, Matt, thank you so much for your time and your efforts. If people want to follow any of your writing, is, do you have a, a website? I have a website. It's MatthewHo.com, uh, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-H-O-H. Uh, I also write most of the time for Counterpunch. Occasionally, CNN or Newsweek or someone like that will pick me up. I'm also a member of the Eisenhower Media Network, and I'm a member of the Center for International Policies. Very compelling, man. Matt, thank you so much for your time and your efforts. Okay, we'll see everybody next week. Stay tuned for some overnight music, but you'll have to switch on over to KOOP.org. But first, as we do at the end of every Bringing Light into Darkness show, we take you out with Land of Naivety. Yeah.